Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Selena. Together, we are moms to five children, including two sets of twins. At Tweet Dreams, we are passionate about helping families achieve the peaceful night's rest they deserve because we were formerly overwhelmed and sleep deprived ourselves. We love nothing more than helping families achieve their specific sleep goals. So the whole family can be rested and thriving. On this podcast, you'll not just hear about sleep related topics, we'll chat about how it started, where we are today, and the experiences that have shaped us as mothers of twins. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and everything in between. Hello. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Twin Life with Tweet Dreams. My name is Lindsay Loring. I am a twin mom and my co-host, Selena Ferry, is here with me today. Hey, girl. Super happy to be here, guys. Can't wait. Awesome. So we came up with this idea to talk about everything related to twins because it's so special and unique. And we're going to share just everything we've been through so that you can listen to it and feel like you're not alone because a big part of being a twin mom is this fabulous community that you can find locally or on the internet or wherever. And and yeah, so today we're going to share kind of how it all started, right? How we got pregnant and even go into our pregnancies today. So trigger warning on the first episode that we will cover topics related to infertility. And one of the posts that gets like the most engagement on our Instagram is the one where we share about the rates of multiples, like versus like you know, the 1980s, 1990s, and what they are today. And they're up like 70% because of a couple things, infertility treatments. And when you wait in your 30s to get pregnant, chances of twins are higher, right? So I'm going to share my story of how I got pregnant. And it did involve fertility treatments. It was definitely a journey for me in that I didn't always want to have kids. This little, I was like third in the family baby. So I didn't really have like a caregiver role as a kid. I don't know if that matters. I never really thought like, Hey, I'm going to be a mom. Like that's just like on my agenda for life. But I think we've shared before Selena that like, once you sort of get into exploring why you can't get pregnant, you're like, hello, I'm in this. Like, I really want this to happen. So that's sort of how I felt once I started exploring why I wasn't getting pregnant on my own. And when I say that, it was like around two years of, you know, peeing on the ovulation sticks and having a uh, fertility app on my phone and timed intercourse, you know, all that lovely stuff. And so kind of give it the old like college try at home. (laughs) Then I reached out to my GYN and I'm like, Hey, you know, something's not Go, you know, happening here, which I think you can relate to this as well, that I'm just like not a fertile person. And I knew that because my cycles were super irregular, like, you know, from teenager. And so I knew something was up. And so he had me do courses of Clomid and Letrozole. And let's talk about Clomid. So I know that you used it as well. Did it make you crazy? Clomid is an interesting drug. Um, I did fine on it and I'll get into that in a little while. So I feel lucky, but you had a different experience or? Yeah. I mean, it made me really, really emotional. I think on adding on to an already emotional experience and I think like just PMS times a thousand. Right. Um, I remember like getting into it with some lady in the parking lot and I was like, who is this? 
who is this person? I'm like not confrontational at all. So it was like, oh my God, I cannot wait to be over this. But even taking high doses of Clomid and uh, Letrozole to stimulate my ovaries, essentially, every month, like we were testing progesterone levels and things like that. And my ovaries were just like dormant. Did you have a diagnosis that of any sort? No, I know we've talked a little bit about that, but ne- never that I got one. Like they didn't say like, hey, you have... So it was like unexplained, mm-hmm. I guess? Yeah, just, I don't know what you call lazy ovaries, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, but he, my OBGYN, he's like, yeah, this is about like all we can do for you here in this office. So let's definitely look to refer you to an RE, reproductive endocrinologist. I found one who was so, so lovely and sort of in my backyard. So I wasn't, you know, driving 45 minutes to an hour to see them because you have to go when you're in treatment, like weekly, sometimes daily. And so she was like, hey, we're going to, you know, run all these tests and see what your body's telling us, you know, what your ovarian supply is, um, what your egg reserves are, what their status is. Are they they old? Are they new? Are they... (laughs) you know so um got all those numbers back you know they tested my husband for some things and she's like we're gonna go ahead and do oral meds again with a trigger shot and with an IUI which is a intrauterine insemination insemination thank you where they basically just turkey based you right and so we did the first cycle and you know we're super excited you get the protocol from the nurse and my ovaries again were just like this is child's play we're sleeping over here so they had to cancel it and I remember I got that phone call and the nurse is like throwing out IVF already and I was really upset about that because I was like well we just got started like why are we already talking about IVF and not that I was against that or anything I just thought that we had a couple more steps before we would get to that point so we just kind of took a deep breath and the doctors like, I'm going to redo the cocktail and we went ahead and did like injectables for the next cycle, which is like the luteinizing hormone and the follicle stimulating hormone. Um, you know, you're injecting yourself for like 14 days. Right. And then you get a trigger shot. So the trigger shot is basically telling your body like, Hey, you've grown these follicles now release the egg. And, you know, I think, you know, I went in for my ultrasound and they're like, yeah, you have two follicles. They're X size and X size. And I'm like, okay, sweet. You know, like sounds good. I never in my wildest dreams had thought like two equals two kind of thing. I was just like, okay, that's great. I mean, they did talk about like, hey, if you have multiples that you would have to basically cancel it because for many reasons, you can't release five follicles or five eggs, for example. That would be, we'd be on TLC. <laughs> with our own. That would be dangerous. <laughs> exactly. So I did the trigger shot. We went in, I think it's like two days later. I think I did it on a Saturday, going on a Monday. We do the whole insemination. I went to work. That just takes the timing out of it too, I think, which is like another factor. So you don't have to worry about that portion, right? Is that what that does? Yeah, definitely. So it's very regimented. It's like, you're doing this, this time, come in and we're going to do that. And, you know, my husband's in the room. It was really quick. And then I, like I said, I went to work and just kind of felt some cramping. We did the two week wait, right? And they're like, don't take any pregnancy tests because you have that trigger shot in your system, which kind of mirrors like the pregnancy hormone on a test. And of course I did not listen. 
And uh, I think I still have some of my tests and I came on home from a Friday on a, from work. So yes, I was definitely inside the two weeks. And I was like, I'm just taking a test. Didn't have any symptoms or anything, but it was very clearly pregnant. So first time in my life ever seeing a pregnancy test. So I'd seen plenty of negatives, right? Of course. And so that was amazing. And then so it was a Friday. We just sort of like, okay, um, went in to have like the beta tested. So they take your blood and they're like, what's your levels of that's telling us that you're, there's a pregnancy there and they were good. Right. So they're like, okay, this is good. Um, you come back like several days later after that and get another beta tested. And then they're like, okay, we're, we think you're pregnant. You are pregnant. We're going to wait two more weeks to do an ultrasound. Right. So you have like another two week wait felt normal. I know. So you can't tell anybody because it's like super early. I believe I broke the rules and told my mom. That's not breaking the rules. (laughs) Sam, I hope you're not listening. So there was that. And then, yeah, we go in at the ultrasound and somehow the doctor was doing the ultrasound. Like it wasn't a nurse tech. You know, I was like, okay, this is maybe she's just on her lunch break and wants to help us out. But she's like, doing the intrauterine ultrasound and I'm like laying there and Sam's sitting in the chair, Sam, my husband. And he was like, is everything okay? Cause she was taking forever. And she's like, oh yeah, everything's great. I'm just making sure that there's not more than two. Gasp. Yeah. And I was like shocked. So shocked. I don't, I probably wasn't smiling. I probably was just like, literally had like my jaw open and I look over at him and he's just got this grin from ear to ear. Like, or did it kind of thing, you know, just like the typical male response. And so we were just like flabbergasted, you know, when you go through infertility, you're just like, I just want one. Like you don't even think about two. It did not cross my mind. It just didn't. So it was a huge shock. Amazing. I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. I think it's a first time mom. Like I was like, sweet, we've got two. I wasn't thinking about what I was really in store for. But yeah, that's my story. So short and sweet. Um, definitely had some ups and downs, you know, and uh, we worked really hard to get where we got. You know, I'm happy to share that story in case anybody can. Um, You're like- so lucky that you weren't at the fertility clinic constantly. And it wasn't, you know, like this process that took years and years at the fertility clinic. I feel like when you enter a place like that, you never know how long you're going to be there. And that can be really challenging, you know, emotionally. Um, so I feel like that's amazing for you. So after you had all the treatments and stuff, how was the pregnancy? Were you anxious at all? Um, were you tired, sick, or was it just smooth sailing? I mean, I'll talk about mine in a little bit, but I've never heard from you how your pregnancy was. Yeah. So right at like the six week mark. So we found out it was twins. And like two days later, I was vomiting. (laughs) So I definitely got hit with the morning sickness and just lack of appetite. And my husband's very, and we'll get into the husband's because, you know, we've, spoilers, Celine and I are like married to the same person. I think we are. They're like identical personalities in every way. But he was like, you have to eat. Like, I'm going to, you know, make you all this food. And he was like buying books about what to eat when you're pregnant. Like he was just all about it. And I was like, that's cute though. No, he's totally a caregiver in that way. Like he wants to, he's a fixer. Like it's okay. There's a problem. I'm going to have a solution. But I'm just like, I cannot eat. Like in the beginning, I just could not eat. I ate 
I craved like sugar. So ate tons of fruit. You know, I craved things that you weren't supposed to have, like runny eggs and deli sandwiches, you know, but um, all in moderation. But yeah, I would say my pregnancy was good. I was tired. I was, you know, sick, but nothing over the top. Um, I was working full time. I had a female boss and she was like, you look like shit, go home, you know, and this was before the pandemic. So like working from home, like was a thing, but not like it is now. So me working from home was like having wiggling my mouth as I was like taking a nap, <laughs> you know, cause you're just so tired. And so I'm very blessed and lucky in that regard that I could, if I wasn't feeling well, I could go home, right? Take care of myself. And towards the end of the pregnancy, how was that like carrying twins? You know, I mean, obviously you don't have anything to compare it to, but were you just like super achy and tired or were you just like business as usual, still working out or were you anxious like that you were going to give birth at any moment? I know that I kind of was, but what about you? So I was pretty non-eventful until about 19 weeks and I came home and I was having, I guess what you would call cramping, which is kind of weird because I remember 19 weeks being when I first felt them kick for the first time. And you're like, kind of like, oh, is that gas or what is that? But it's like a fluttering feeling, you know, where you're feeling like the baby move or the baby's move. And so I had like intense cramping and was like crying, like just not in pain, but more worry, right? Because we're just worried right. about things wrong. And so I actually did go to triage that night. And my husband jokes it was the night we went to the ER for a chicken salad sandwich because that's basically what we went for. But they, you know, hooked me up to the, um, with the NST, they did an ultrasound. Everything was fine. They gave me some Tylenol because you're so worried about taking anything for pain reliever. But they're like, no, you need like to take some Tylenol. You're clearly um, in pain. And so they basically diagnosed me with an irritable uterus. I don't know if you've heard about that. It's just basically like your uterus is like, you know. Well, it has two babies in there. So, I mean, you know, I think it, I think it gets a pass for that. <laughs> right. So like once I heard that, then I'm like, okay, like it's just growing pains at Braxton Hicks. I don't know if you have those, but early and they lasted the entire time. Like my stomach would get so tight. Like it was just, it would contract and you're just like, Oh Jesus, you know, I would like start sweating, but yeah, the, the, I'm a small person. So like I'm, I'm tall, but I'm pretty petite. So having this large belly on me, cause I was just like all belly. Right. You know, I worked out, but like, you know, that kind of goes away once you're kind of into the third trimester. And um, I had to wear like one of those belly bands. I even slept with it on, which was really kind of groundbreaking. I'm like, I'm going to wear this thing in bed because as you know, it's really hard to get comfortable when you're sleeping. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you, and I also, this is kind of unique, but I had issues with my vagus nerve. Do you know what the vagus nerve is? I'm not sure that I do. I've heard of it. So it's like, but I don't know what it is. I mean, it's a substantial nerve that runs from your brain all the way into your abdomen. And so anytime I was flat on my back, let's say for an ultrasound or even for him, like the doctor to do like a exam, I would immediately drop my blood pressure and like would start to see stars. Like I was going to pass out. It's funny you say that because I definitely had that too. I just didn't know that it was, it was an issue with that. Yeah. It was, I thought it was just a pregnancy thing. No. So it's, it's the weight of the babies on your vagus nerve and it can make you pass out, can make you faint. And so when I was getting 
because you have to get so many ultrasounds, right? And when you get a twin ultrasound, like let's say the 20 week anatomy scan, you're in there for hours. Oh, I do remember that. You know, and you cannot just lay on your back. Like I just couldn't do it. And so we had to lay on my side and then we had to switch sides. And so even doing like the NSTs with the, the non-stress tests, twin pregnancies require that typically as you're gearing up to delivery. They're basically going to hook you up to, you know, a heart rate monitor for babies and they're going to watch them. Right. And so that was tricky. I have a random question. Did you find out the gender of the twins before or did you wait? So we found out at about 16 weeks. So, you know, my OBGYN had an ultrasound tech in there um, in his office. And at 16 weeks, she's like, so do you want me to tell you? And I'm like, well, are you? Sh-? She goes, I'm only going to tell you if I'm 99.9% sure. She's like, I'm not going to tell you if I'm sort of sure. And we were like, yeah, let, let's, you know, <laughs> let's hear it. And da, 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 two girls, which we were really, really happy about. I don't, I was scared of having boys. And I'm just going to say that because I come from a family of females. So, and I grew up side by side with three boy cousins and there's too much pee on the toilet. <laughs> so yeah, we found out at 16 weeks, definitely confirmed at 20 weeks. And then just throwing that in there that my daughter had club foot. And which was diagnosed in utero and a family who doesn't know who that is or it's not expecting it, they might not think too much of it. Like, oh, we'll just wait to see when the baby's born. And But my husband has club feet and he was born with club, bilateral club feet. And so she's like, I'm pretty sure it's twin A. I'm seeing a club foot, but I'm not sure which foot it is. And even until they were born, we were never sure which foot it was because there's like four feet in there. Exactly. So, so many body parts. <laughs> You know, they would take tons of pictures of it and we're like, okay, we can see it on the ultrasound, but we didn't know basically it was her right foot, only one foot. Um, but anyway, so kind of fast forward to about 33, 34 weeks, like I was so uncomfortable and it again goes with like, I don't know, my body shape and structure, like up here beneath my boobs and like at the top of my bump was like numb. Like I didn't have any feeling and I just had, I, like, I couldn't catch a breath. And so I would have a upwards of like 20 to 30 minute car ride to work. And it was unbearable. I can imagine that. So hard wearing a seatbelt even. Right. And so I was basically like to my doctor, like I am so uncomfortable. Can I, what can I do? to stop working. Right. And we looked at some things and basically I was written out of work at 34 weeks and I used up all my short-term disability and my FMLA, right. To get me the four weeks on top of my 12 week maternity leave, which was really nice. But yeah, I just kind of ate popcorn and watched friends episode until I was induced. Finally at 38 weeks, these kids were not ready to come out. My sciatica was basically leaving me disabled, right? So much back pain. And yeah. Hey girl, are you tired? Not only tired from lack of sleep, but tired from searching all over the internet for sleep advice that's specific to your twins? Here at Tweet Dreams, we know that twin-specific advice and routines should be easy to find and access. And that's why we are a one-stop shop for you as a sleep resource. Our blog is chock full of advice for twins when it comes to naps, night weaning, sleeping through the night, and so much more. Not sure where to start? Be sure to grab our free twin sleep guide available for download today. This guide will walk you through an optimal bedtime routine, how to keep them synced throughout the day, and how 
how to keep a routine going. As twin moms, we know how special those breaks are and we want you to have them. Check out the show notes to grab your copy. I want to hear about you. Sure. So my story is um, a little bit similar, but also different. Um, I did want to become a mom, but I wasn't in any rush. Um, I got married. I was about 28. And then I believe we started trying maybe a year and a half after that. I did spontaneously get pregnant, maybe like seven months after trying, but it ended up being a chemical pregnancy. So if you don't know what that is, basically the egg and the sperm meet, but shortly thereafter, um, you have like a really early miscarriage. And, you know, it was kind of depressing, but I was happy that I could get pregnant at least. So that was the big thing off of my shoulders. Um, No big deal. Try again. Tried again for, you know, close to a year. And I ended up getting pregnant again. And I had another miscarriage, but this time it was later term loss. Um, Still first trimester, but just later. So that was devastating. Um, I'm not going to get into that right now, but if you have had a miscarriage before, had a DNC before, I am with you. I'm there for you. It's, it's so, so, so hard. So after that, I was, you know, kind of discouraged just because it was taking me so long to get pregnant and even stay pregnant. So I did explore fertility treatments just to see what was going on because like you, I had periods that were very irregular. I kind of just never knew what was going on. So I went to go get tested. Um, Like you, the OB-GYN told me they couldn't do too much for me. And they sent me to a reproductive endocrinologist. So I had a ton of testing done. I was kind of worried they were going to tell me that I had low ovarian reserve or that my ovaries were like much older than my age or something, but it was actually the opposite. So I have PCOS um, and that's the reason for my uh, anovulation, I I think they call it when you don't ovulate or you ovulate sporadically. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't quote me on this, but I think the normal amount of eggs to have is somewhere between like 10 to 15 total. And I had 50, five zero. So I had like a crazy amount of eggs and that's kind of the problem because they weren't all the right size and they release at different times or they just don't release at all. I think a doctor explained it to me and kind of said that my ovaries are deaf. Like the brain and the ovaries don't really talk enough or at all or they just do when they want to like they don't hear each other because like my body would just like be like oh we're gonna ovulate on day like 30 this month and then day 40 and then maybe day 12 like it's just all over the place like it's 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 really hard to time anything so I was happy that I have plenty of eggs um which is part of the reason why I have twins and yeah we just moved forward um very slowly with um Clomid And it did not happen on the first go. Um, They had to adjust the medication a little bit, kind of like you. I just like wasn't responding. Um, So finally I did respond. And um, I believe I actually had three eggs that could, or follicles, I think they're called, that could have released. And they were like, "Eh, do you want to do this? Like you have have two that are good and a third that's borderline. Right. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it takes me forever to get pregnant. Like, I haven't gotten pregnant this whole time. Not worried about it. What? Like, didn't even bat an eye, right? Like, I'm not going to have triplets, right? No. So we went ahead with it. And I was, like, super anxious. But I didn't feel any different throughout the two-week wake, too. Because 
two week wait because I feel like when you're trying to get pregnant, everything feels like a pregnancy symptom or not a pregnancy symptom. And it's like, okay. Focus on every thing your body's doing. You're like, what's that? What's right. That? Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I don't want to like be let down. So I just kept thinking I'm not pregnant. Right. Um, and then I actually believe I took a pregnancy test as well. And I did not wait the whole time. Um, and it was positive, but again, I was like, maybe it's the HCG trigger shot because I did a trigger shot too. And they told me that was basically for timing as well. Um, just so the eggs release right when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So after that, I went to get my HCG tested via blood and it did come back positive. Um, it was pretty high. So my husband was like, oh my God, I think we're having twins. And I was like, no, there's a huge variability with HCG. Like it can be low or high and it doesn't mean like you're having twins. So then I went back to get it tested, I think a couple days later and it went up like dramatically too. Um, but I still didn't really think anything. And I went in for an ultrasound. I think they make you wait like two weeks. I think you have to be like at least seven ish weeks to get an ultrasound. So I went in and I actually had had a little bit of bleeding beforehand and I was freaking out, of course, like, you know, my last two experiences ended in a loss. So I was obviously very worried. I like couldn't eat or drink or anything. I was so worried. And I went in and this was during COVID times. So I couldn't bring my husband in. Um, I remember my mother-in-law even drove me there because I was like, I just want to feel like somebody's kind of with me, even though they're not like somebody's at least waiting for me outside. And we had only had one car at that point anyway. So she was like, no problem. I'll drive you. Um, she drove me and I had my husband on FaceTime and, um, he was like, I knew it. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe he's actually right. (laughs) So I was just happy that there was like two hearts beating because with the bleeding, you know, it's just so oh my god it just makes you feel terrible so I was happy about that they made me go back for another ultrasound um at the fertility clinic the next week babies were still there great um and then I just graduated to my um OB-GYN right after that so super thankful for that um I was pretty shocked but like you like so happy to have twins I mean I was going at it for a while too so it's like all right I feel like I made up for some of that lost time as, as weird as that sounds. And yeah, I was just really happy, but also just like so anxious throughout the entire pregnancy. Just like, I know this sounds terrible, but like waiting for something bad to happen. I I try around the 20 week mark, you know, and after the 10 week genetic testing that I did, I, you know, kind of cooled down a little bit, but I feel like until you have the babies in your hands, in my opinion, it's like all up in the air and up to God. And there's so many tests that they can do, but you never know until they're here. Right. So thankfully everything, um, turned out how it was supposed to. My pregnancy was good. Um, I guess you could say it was very difficult, but it was the pandemic. And I'm actually kind of thankful for that because I was able to work from home. Um, previously I'd been taking a train to Boston every day, um, getting up very early in the morning, working all day and then come back home on a train. I had a walk from the train to my office. So I actually see the pandemic as a blessing in disguise for me in this regard. Um, I was able to work from home and I was able to go to all these appointments. As you know, with pregnancy, you have a lot of appointments, but with twins, you have even more appointments. Mm -hmm. So I was able to kind of just like schedule those as necessary. Like it wasn't an issue. Um, I actually felt better that 
there wasn't a lot of people in the office because I was worried about getting sick when I was pregnant and, you know, you can't really take much. So that was actually positive for me. But like you, I'm also tall and kind of smaller and I never really gained more than like 10 pounds on and off. So I even just gaining weight. Uh, yeah, like ten. Like I was, I always fluctuate maybe ten pounds in my lifetime. Oh, like you know, once I hit like my weight, I have never really gained more than ten pounds and lost ten pounds. So I gained, I think I gained like thirty eight pounds by the end of it. But I also um, had preterm labor. I'll get into that in a second. And it just weighed on my body a lot. Like I just felt like I was walking with like bricks. I tried to work out when I could, but you know, it was just so hard. I was already so tired. I definitely had nausea in the first trimester, um, but I didn't like throw up or anything, but I felt like I was going to throw up, which Mm -hmm. is probably worse, honestly. Um, you know, at the end I had some swelling, um, but nothing too, too crazy. The one thing that did happen to me was around week, I want to say 31, they found out that one of the twins had IUGR, which is intrauterine growth restriction. I was freaking out, of course, because I was by myself again. So my husband or no one actually went to any of my twins' ultrasounds, only me the whole time. No, I never had like a friend with me. I I did have people drive me though. Like my mom or my mother-in-law would sometimes drive me because first of all, I had one car, my husband took it to work. And second of all, I just feel like it made me feel better that somebody was waiting for me. I don't know. It's first time pregnancy thing. I don't know. Um, And I would like come out and show the pictures and it was like, all right, well you weren't there, but you're kind of here. Um, so yeah, they found out that the twin, I think twin A had, um, intrauterine growth restriction. So I had to go in for even more ultrasounds. Once a week, they would do a cord blood flow ultrasound to make sure that the cord, there was no issue with the cord because that's what they worry about. Like, why is this twin so small? Can I ask Um, you, um, what kind of twins were they? So they were die-die. So it's, uh, they were fraternal twins. I think it's dichorionic diamniotic twins. So they have their own sacs. Um, they're fraternal. They're no more related than siblings, which is great. These are the best kind of twins to have, quote unquote. I mean, all twins are awesome, but this is the safest kind of twins right. to have because they're so completely separate. Two placentas, two sacs. Right. Okay. Right. So there was no um, chance of twin to twin transfusion. Um, syndrome that's when one twin is like kind of taking from the other twin but for me luckily it was just because they were twins and like the real estate was kind of limited so yeah the one twin was 10 percent, and then the next week she was like nine percent and i'm like oh my god we're not going the right direction here um and they just continued to check the cord uh you know added another appointment that i need really needed And um, it was so nerve wracking, just like going in by myself. I remember I would just like call my husband or my mom, depending who was available and just like have them on the phone because I knew if at that moment they had told me like, oh, she's down to 2% now and something's wrong with the cord. Like I was going to go to the hospital like that moment. Right. Right. So that was um, very nerve wracking, but they reassured me that it was likely just because they're twins. So that was good. And, um, I went for those non-stress tests that you went for twice a week, I think starting around week 32. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I felt like that was kind of relaxing because I just got to sit in a chair for a little bit and like talk to a nurse and the nurses were all so nice and um, just 
you know, double check everything that's going on with them. And I liked you to hear getting, the good news. You weren't getting much yeah, getting pictures. Um, you know, with the pandemic, you weren't seeing anybody. So it was probably like social hour. You're like, hey, I can get oh, in. Oh, yeah. I like knew these nurses by name. I And they were so nice. And they knew I like, I was like high anxiety with the pregnancy. And I'm like, did you find the heartbeat? They're like, yes, the heartbeat's here. <laughs> so I did that. And then I spontaneously went into labor at 34 weeks. And I know we'll get into that um, in a different episode. So I had preterm labor. Um, and that's a whole nother story for another day. Yeah, I'm, I'm really anxious to hear that. And so will so many of the listeners because, you know, twins are not um, usually staying in to term. You know, the amount of twins that we come in contact or twin families that we come in contact with it's very rare that I'm working with a family that's that the babies are term. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Um, phew, right. It's a lot. And it's almost like, I don't know if you felt this way, but I was never looking past sort of my current, you know, moment where I'm like, Oh, I got to get through this pregnancy. And you know, you're gearing up for birth and labor and you have, you know, you're kind of planning on how you want to feed them and everything else. I didn't even have my hospital bag packed when I went to the hospital, I was like very like day by day, didn't want to jinx anything sort of right person. I know. And so when we're not even past thinking that we're not even understanding what it's like when we actually bring them home. And I think that'll be a really kind of emotional, important episode to record when we do that. Well, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this first episode of Twin Life with Tweet Dreams, us sharing basically how we became twin parents, you know, um, our infertility stories, our pregnancies. And on next episode, we will share birth and labor. And um, yeah, the list is going to keep going. So Stay tuned and we will speak to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you. If you liked this episode and conversation, be sure to leave a review or rating. Share it with a friend on social media or a family member. It's our goal to reach as many parents of multiples and singletons alike. You're not alone in your parenting journey. If you'd like to hear about a specific topic or have an episode idea, please feel free to message us. We're here to help.